Welcome to this episode of Kendall County Connections podcast. I'm your host, Aubrey Walker. I work with the San Antonio Council on Alcohol and Drug Awareness, or CICADA. I'm the coalition coordinator for Kendall County. The purpose of this podcast is to educate, promote awareness of resources for Kendall County, and to connect people. I have lived in Kendall County most of my life, and I have a passion for this county. I hope you find this podcast helpful, and thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Cindy Todd. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She is the team lead of therapy at Genesis Behavioral Health. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is. Cindy, how are you? Doing well. Thank you. Yeah, today's been a good day so far. That's good. That's good. It's um, to my listeners, I uh, apologize for my sound. I don't know if it's coming across, but I just, I'm getting over those allergies. That's the lovely part of being in the hill country area is these allergies in the springtime. So hopefully next month, it'll be a little bit better, but for today, this is what you get. So let's go ahead and get started with our first question. Cindy, what has been your most enjoyable job so far and how old were you? Okay, so my favorite job I've had so far was when I got to serve on MCOT um, in Travis County. So this is when we lived in Austin. Um, So for those who don't know, MCOT stands for the Mobile Crisis Outreach Team. Basically, it's the first responders team that answers calls related to mental health and wellness. So um, if someone calls 911 or if they call the uh, National Suicide Hotline, Uh, this team, and if it's mental health related, this team gets dispatched out to that person's home instead of a police officer or emergency services. So, um, so I got to serve on that team for a couple of years. I got to uh, run the team that oversaw Travis County for about a year. And that was honestly just such an exciting time. Um, For me, I loved that job. So I was about 28 when I started the job. Um, and then I didn't leave it until our family moved um, to College Station. So I was there for a couple of years. Um, and I just love the sense of getting to serve my whole, whole community, right? Like I just thought, how exciting is this that I get to play this role here? And I, and I felt so honored. And the people on that team, they were so motivated um, and just getting to see how we could help all the residents of Travis County. Um, that was truly uh, just a great experience. That's awesome. Um, So what is your role in Kendall County and what are you passionate about right now? So currently I am a team lead of therapy, um, the team lead of therapy and a supervisor for therapy students at Genesis Behavioral Health. So Genesis is an outpatient behavioral health facility. We provide lots of things. We provide therapy, medicine, TMS, which stands for transcranial magnetic stimulation. It treats um, treatment resistant depression. Uh, We do groups. We do research. In fact, we just finished uh, a research poster that we're going to present at the TMS conference this year. Um, And then we're also a major teaching site for students. And and I'm talking, you know, MD students, residents, DOs, PAs, um, NPs, and therapy students. So we we do a lot to try to make sure that we're teaching the next generation on, you know, Mm -hmm. this career. 
So I do that and, and that's been exciting, you know, so the big vision of Genesis is to provide great mental health care um, accessible and make it accessible to everyone, right? So that's a big uh, role that, you know, <laughs> as a lead, right? Like a part of my job is not just to train up and make all of our clinicians just um, really excellent and, 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 you know, really kind of learning their craft well, um, but also how can I make this affordable and accessible to everyone in the, in the county, right? So a lot of it is um, trying to find that, that balance between, okay, what can we do at an affordable rate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and really getting creative with that. So, um, and then of course, with all of that, we also get to do research and, and education. So it's very, very exciting. Um, I also get to um, serve on the Kendall County Behavioral Health Initiative. So I'm currently on their data and metrics committee, uh, which is looking into kind of root causes um, for issues or s- systemic barriers um we're basically the people that are asking what's the supporting data and metrics that tell us there's a problem or where the root problem is how can we move the dial and create impact and then what strategies can we start now right and especially if it's a strategy that's going to take a long time before we see the fruit of it um, and then what is the ideal future look like for Kendall County? And so again, it's a big, you know, ask, right? Like to solve those problems. And so look, <laughs> yes. you know, it's not just me, it's a, a big, big team of people, very, very smart individuals, um, all kind of working together to really create that ideal future for Kendall County. Um, so it's it's been an exciting time just serving these different roles um, in the area. Um, right now, I mean, kind of along those lines of the roles I play, I feel very, very passionate about figuring out how we at our company can be good stewards of our resources, our time, our talent um, to rise to meet the needs of our community, right? So there's been so much that's been revealed um, in this post-COVID world, right? We're seeing so many people still are isolated. Um, We are becoming more aware that mental health is a thing, right? But so many people are just at a loss on where to begin, right? And so I feel very, um, you know, just passionate about that. Um, You know, as part of what our company's mission is, to do is to show God's love, honestly, to people by providing them um, great mental health care. So it, to me, um, this is, you know, really my purpose, right? Like it's, it's to find a way to be a good steward of anything I've been given um, to rise to meet those needs. That's awesome. Um, and because I wanted to speak a little bit on the Kindle Counter Behavioral Health Initiative, because um, I am not a data person whatsoever. Um, it is great. It is useful. And I love to like add it into talking about substance use, doing presentations, things like that. Um, so it is very necessary. And I, I think a lot of times we kind of talk about, you know, mental health, behavioral health, I guess, rather, you know, be a little bit more general behavioral health is we get a lot of qualitative data which is great, but then that's just, okay, this, like, we're just talking about this problem. And so looking at the numbers and really getting an idea of, 
okay, what's going on specifically? What do we need to focus on? Because qualitative data can be can be a little bit subjective too. So I think the 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 fact that you're on it is amazing. Um, because yeah. that is not me. Well, I- it's, <laughs> it's exciting, honestly, because it, it it's hard. I mean, to figure out a way to measure this stuff. I mean, like, who are we, right? Like, right. it's really challenging to figure yes. out, like, and, and there's no perfect way to yes. isolate every variable, right? And so, right. Um, but at the same time, I mean, again, so here at Genesis, we're so nerdy. Like, I always tell people, <laughs> If you're a nerd, you are in with us because we get very <laughs> sciencey about stuff. We're very research based, but it's not an easy task, right? Like right. you really do have to get creative, which is why we need, you know, these mm-hmm. incredibly talented, smart people in the room to figure out, okay, what's the right data to go off of? And then mm-hmm. data helps us to know, are we actually making the right moves? Because exactly. as we've all learned in school and like when you become a therapist, you learn that sometimes when you feel this is the right way to do a thing, it actually ends up not having like an adverse effect, right? Maybe with good intention still, but, and so you start realizing, gosh, I really want to make sure I'm making a good impact. Even if my intentions have been good, there's more, right, to look at. For sure. So, um, (laughs) I always feel a little silly whenever I ask this question, but um, why why are you passionate about this? Well, no, it's a good question. I really <laughs> good question. It, and I had to sit and I had to, I have to sit and think because, you know, I think the honest truth um, about that question is that I feel a great responsibility just to be a person that always emboldens and strengthens her community. Yeah. Um, I think that's a a part of my identity, mm-hmm. uh, I, honestly, this, and, you know, share a little personal stuff about me. So growing up, I was always given opportunities and encouraged to create things that would benefit the community. Um, my dad would say, you know, dream big. And then after you dream big, we'll break it, start bringing reality <laughs> into it. Right. And so, <laughs> and so there would be things like as a kid, you know, um, I was encouraged to create this like Indian princess group, which for those who aren't old school YMCA goers, it's like (laughs) a father daughter group that like just gets fathers and daughters together and does fun stuff together. Right. Well, there wasn't a group in this area. So I, and I thought, gosh, I don't, I want this. And my dad said, Oh, well, let's just go ask some friends at school and let's just get this started. Right. So we just started one. Right. And then, you know, as a college student, I was a, you know, young freshman at Texas A&M um, and I, you know, went to their office and I, and I got this opportunity to help create a major because I was stuck in this p- place where I thought, gosh, I love this school, but y'all don't really mm-hmm. have that edge of, um, of an option like, um, like what Baylor has, it's called University Scholars and mm-hmm. UC has it, it's called Plan 2. Okay. Um, and, and A&M just didn't have this really. And they said, great, you know what? We have two other students saying the same thing. Let's create a major together, right? And so now they have this whole major called University Studies. So sure. like giving that opportunity to create something that wasn't in existence, right? And then and even also at A&M, I got the option to help create a, uh, freshman leadership organization, which is kind of a big thing there. Um, and we made it, it's called uh, inflow or no flow, depending which person you're talking to. And it, 
made it possible for basically any freshman who's seeking to learn leadership, mm -hmm. they can find a place to grow, right? And so, um, and then again, so this is the theme, right? <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. In graduate school, they, I was allowed to help create this like elective class that basically better demonstrated and practiced the postmodern theories of fa like family systems theory. Um, and that, that one's tricky because it goes away from like an intervention based theor theories that we're really used to. And it's a little bit more like philosophy based. It's a little bit more, less about the intervention you do in the room, but more of like the way you exist in the room with the patient. Right. And that's what makes the change. Right. And so we got to structure a class to model this because um, it's very hard concept to teach um, and it's just so different from what we've seen before. So I feel like, um, you know, the recent passion of, you know, doing this here is really because I live here. This is my community. I feel responsible to leave it better than the way I found it. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, I just kept getting lost in what you were saying, like in, in, in a good way. Um, that's, it's funny how that theme has continued to just follow you. And, and so this next question, um, I, it's kind of, it, you know, when did you get involved and why is it important for the community? It's kind of like, it seems like, and I mean, I'm going to have you answer, but I'm just, I'm just going to kind of, it seems like it's just like you've always been involved in, in this sort of theme of kind of figuring out, you know, problems and, and fixing them, you know, just kind of like this trendsetter kind of person. But anyway, so how would you answer very, this? That's very generous. I, I That'd be awesome if I was a trendsetter. <laughs> right. Well, okay. So the truth of what happened is kind of funny. So, um, I actually wasn't really the person invited to be a part of this. So it was Dr. Williams. He's our owner um, and president of Genesis Behavioral Health, right? Mm -hmm. and, and he's a um, great guy, really, really smart. Mm -hmm. So he was invited to be a part of this and he was in a meeting and they're just trying to, you know, figure out what's the, you know, what's the gaps in the community? How can we help? Mm -hmm. And he, he, this is what he told me. He said he was in that meeting and he said, I think you have the wrong person here. Um, <laughs> let me get you Cindy Todd. Right. And so then he connected us and, and he just like, he said, Cindy, I know what they're asking. I just, and I want to help, but I just know you have more of that experience of doing that kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then I kind of got introduced to it. And so I'm really only moved here um, last year. And so, uh, you know, again, I'm wanting to be kind of boots on the ground. I hit, I just, went at things, right. And try to yeah. meet people, figure out this community, get reacquainted with the community and seeing, mm -hmm. um, the need there. And then, you know, just desiring to meet that need. So, um, a lot of that is kind of the story of like, how did I get here and why is it important? And I think it's just important to meet the needs around you, right? Like that's why we're here. Well, I think, uh, two, two things is one thing is we're in this post COVID world, right? So we are discussing mental health a lot more and it's a little bit more of a comfortable conversation. I mean, I still think we have some, some stigma to decrease still when it comes to mental health. Um, that's just my opinion, but, um, on the other hand, I, I feel like a year ago, I was kind of re-engaging with the community as well. 
kind of in this post-COVID, like, okay, people are meeting together. We're going to move forward with life. We, you know, because for a while there, you know, with COVID, we all just kind of like stood still and we're like, we're going to help people, but we're also going to stay safe and try and figure out what, what is going on in the world kind of a thing. But so I think that that was like perfect timing and God's timing is perfect. You know, I truly believe it. So you kind of come in as we're all coming together again and trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do to help Kendall County to with, with behavioral health? And I just say behavioral health is, you know, because the initiative and mental health substance use, you know, we're teaming Mm -hmm. up together, um, working on decreasing some stigma yeah, absolutely. So, um, so speaking of COVID, yeah. Uh, yeah. so how did it impact your work? And it can be both positive and negative. Yes, no, that is the question, right? Um, everyone is, you know, thinking, gosh, how is each of us impacted by COVID? Well, mm-hmm. it certainly had a huge impact. So um, COVID sent us into a time of a lot of unknown which was, which was stressful. Right. And that, that, that's hard. Um, and, and for some people that's very scary. Um, at the time it, it all hit, I was living in college station, um, pregnant, just about to have my first kid. Right. So oh like gosh. that's a little stressful to navigate those things. I worked at the MHMR over there, which is their local health, um, and health authority. Right. And I was kind of overseeing the, um, the behavioral health uh, segment for adults in, in that Brazos County, right? So I will say it definitely made us a lot busier, right? We had more needs to meet. Um, the challenge at that time was how are we supposed to help the homeless, the mm-hmm. lower, lower socioeconomic status community um, when we have to work from home, right? right? So like a lot of those patients, they don't have access to smartphones or laptops. So telehealth is not really a big option there, right? And some of them wouldn't even know how to use that if we were to give them one, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it's not just like, oh, give them all iPads, right? Like they, right. they're, um, the community that you serve in that, with that population is just, it's just lower functioning, right? And, mm-hmm. and they haven't had access to those kind of resources. So they don't know a lot about them, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of our services had to be performed over the phone, which mm-hmm. causes a huge barrier to treatment, right? right? So um, it, it just assessing a person, um, showing how much you care, to, like just to that you're there and you're with them, a lot of that is expressed through body language and we're losing like all of that, right? Yeah. So we were really, um, I think we were really faced with a lot of challenges um, there. I will say on a positive note, you got to see the helpers shine in that time. Mm-hmm. And gosh, I'm like getting emotional because I just <laughs> so like, yeah. it was so inspirational, right? So I remember, I'll give one story. Um, I remember a time, one of my case managers, I won't name her in case she doesn't want me, <laughs> just but I, I just was so proud of her. So she was having a moment. She was worried about her patient. Um, went out to meet him. And, and, and that was common. That's common in that field. You go to them, right? Often. Um, 
And then she saw he was having some pretty significant delusions. Um, and I won't go into too much detail, but I'll just say they were causing them him to harm himself. Mm. Um, and so, you know, that's always scary. And we're trying to help people get past that, right? So she calls the EMS. EMS is coming out. Um, and a poor comment from the, one of the EMS workers where mm-hmm. he said to another EMS worker, oh, he's just delusional, right? Like it made that patient not trust him, right? So yeah. she's like, oh, dang it, you just missed it, right? Yeah. And so, um, so of course, this case manager, she sees this, she cares deeply about her patient. Um, and she was so motivated to help. Mm-hmm. That she told EMS, um, okay, you guys have done enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got it. Uh, she looked at her patient. She was so kind. She said, hey, you know what? Forget forget about what that comment said. Just come mm-hmm. with me. Get in my company car, right? Um, despite him bleeding, right? Like, it, she, she's fully aware. She's like, you know what? We got to do what we got to do. Wow. Um, she drove them to the ER herself. And now I know a lot of that may sound like she broke all sorts of rules, but at the end of the day, we sometimes felt like we were in the wild, wild west. Yeah. COVID, right. Mm-hmm. And we just did what we needed to mm-hmm. help our people because mm-hmm. they are our people. Like, right. Mm-hmm. We're so protective of them. So, and at the end of the day, she, she got the patient to the hospital just mm-hmm. fine. Right. And um, he got the help he needed and we cleaned up the company car and yeah. then we on to help the next person. Right. And so just like seeing her shine in that way, like it just, it was such a proud moment for me. So I feel like, you know, while COVID certainly was stressful, um, you did see the helpers shine during that mm-hmm. time. And that was inspirational. Yeah. And I don't know, I mean, you know, I think about, you know, so, so we talk about, you know, ethics and prevention and thinking about, um, like doctors, like their oath is to do no harm and, mm-hmm. and, you know, help where, where you can. And that's, it sounds like that's exactly what she was doing. Mm-hmm. She was, you know, she noticed where, you know, there was, a, I guess, a disconnect to put it nicely. There was, mm-hmm. you know, the, the patient was not going to go with EMS at that point, but needed medical attention. And she went above and beyond. And that's, mm-hmm amazing you know that is you, they're shine they're shining you know these first you know it's a different kind of first responder because you think a first responder being um uh, law enforcement fire department mm-hmm. ems things like that but you know with with local mental health authorities any sort of you know that this any sort of behavioral health during covid this has been you know our time to shine in Mm-hmm. it's good but it's kind of not good at the same time it's kind of sad in another way because yeah. mental health has been so um drastically changed because of covid because of the isolation it has it has and i i'm very thankful for any like light that's shot shown on that right like the more in a good way yes better. yes um you know because i think when there's bad in the world mm-hmm. you, you have to name it Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you do kind of have to lean into it. Right. Um, that, that's how it's going to, we're going to help it. Right. And I, so I think, you know, I'm just, I'm thankful that um, we can spread that awareness. Cause honestly, I mean, a lot of us mental health practitioners are here. Mm-hmm. We're ready to roll up our sleeves and get to work. Right. Like we are happy to help. So um, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
So thinking about all these resources and events and things like that, what is something that is missing from our community? So I think and this is also a tough question because there's always <laughs> we could improve on, right? And, but there's sure. also a lot we're really doing well. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to give the impression that everything's you know going terribly. There's actually a right. lot of great stuff out there. Um, if anything, you know, we may just need to know about them, right? A little bit more. Um, one area I think that is is tricky, and I think there's a need here. It's there's a there's a disconnect um, here in the mental health field is the ability or the desire to provide excellent mental health care at an affordable rate is is a huge missing element, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, and this is kind of a long-standing issue in this field, right? You see many therapists, psychiatrists, they go into private practice, only accepting private pay, mm-hmm. um, often severely limiting what populations they're even willing to see, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what people don't know is that those providers can be also very alone, in their practice, which means they will lack the collaboration and brain power of a team. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, and the, they're often, unfortunately, in the job, kind of for the lifestyle of that job. Um, and this is not to say that they're not helpers too, and they don't have a heart that's right. bleeding for people, but you just see it by some of the decisions they make um, mm-hmm. regarding their practice, right? Um, and so if you were to ask them, hey, why don't you start taking insurance? Uh, why mm-hmm. don't you start learning how to create a profitable business model to mm-hmm. include more robust treatment? They would either say it can't be done. Mm-hmm. It's not worth the time and effort. And maybe that they're just comfortable where they are, mm-hmm. right? And so while I certainly can admit insurances don't make it easy on us, right? Right. Credential is hard. It's com- complicated. They don't teach that in school, right? Yeah. Um, insurances also don't reimburse therapists at a rate that is nearly where they're worth, yeah. right? Um. So I do get that those are huge barriers, but at the same time, I certainly don't think that this is a reason you stop fighting for something better, right? Right. So Genesis is kind of here to prove that this mentality is wrong, right? Mm-hmm. We are committed to making a new thing happen in this community, right? And so I think that's the that's the missing element. And um, gosh, we're working very hard trying to get very creative mm-hmm. um, to to help fill that need and and see if we can inspire others even, right? right? It is doable. It is mm-hmm. possible. Right. Yeah. So um, for the listeners, what you don't know, Cindy, Cindy and I had had a meeting, gosh, I don't even know, a couple months ago um, yeah. to just meet and talk. And, you know, um, and one thing that you had said, Cindy, that really kind of resonated with me was the mm-hmm. idea that and um, I don't I hopefully hopefully it's OK that I bring this up. I can yeah. edit it out if it's not OK. <laughs> um, but. So you you as a LMFT, you can be meeting with a couple and say, you know, the wife needs help with this and maybe you don't specialize in it. 
you can meet with one of your colleagues and say, hey, you know, and basically have this warm handoff to where she can get, you know, more specialized help. And so you're not having to refer to another, you know, clinic or something like that. It's in-house because I can imagine that that for, you know, let's I'm, pretend that I'm the wife and, you know, you, you're my, you know, you're helping me with my, you know, marriage or whatever. And all of a sudden I need some other help. And so for me to go to a different clinic, that would be such a hassle. And, and, and at that point I'd be like, well, I don't want to do this. So we're done okay. completely. And so the fact that you have that all in one clinic, you guys collaborate. Uh, I just really wanted to talk about how you guys are, are really thinking from all the different sides for your patients, because, you know, you, you understand that it is for somebody to come in and say, Hey, I need help. It's a huge thing. And it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. It's so vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. And and we see that happening. And so we think, gosh, we just want to help our people, right? Like they're they're our people. So, so you're right. It's, it's a really, um, it's an exciting thing we get to do here because Mm -hmm. I, again, you know, as like kind of the house marriage and family therapist, I can Mm -hmm. be a family and I can see, Ooh, like I see the system stuff and I'm treating that, but there's a hang up that's mm-hmm. going on with the husband mm-hmm. and I want to honor that. I don't want to like, we don't have to bring that in the system stuff, but I want to right. make sure he gets that attention for that. Right. And oh my goodness, I know the a really great personality that's going to match this patient. Mm-hmm. Let me connect you. Right. And it's in-house. Right. And so they start seeing their own individual therapist and then we therapists, we get to brainstorm on this stuff, which mm-hmm. might sound intimidating to have that, but honestly, it benefits you so much. Having mm-hmm. just more minds, they mm-hmm. see different perspectives. And so we can say, Hey, did you notice this? And that, that other person might say, Wow, good point. You know, let me think about that. That's probably going to help me when I, you know, when I see them next and I can bring it up and, and let's just be curious about that, right? Let's see what, what's going on there. And so it just, it helps their treatment so much. And, mm-hmm. and again, because we're all in house, I mean, mm-hmm. we see each other all the time, right? So right. we're not like it, the struggle with an outside, you know, provider. Um, is you do what you can to collaborate. And we certainly still do that, but they don't always have time to call you back. Right. And, right. and I don't really even fault them for that. We're all really yeah. busy here. Right. So, um, but it's, it's a struggle to find, you know, I remember once going back and forth in an email with the provider and like we, it's like our schedules were opposite. <laughs> like, <laughs> like literally we're like, can I just like, are you cool if I call you on a Saturday? Like, I'm right. sorry, but like, we're never going to find the only time yeah. to connect. Right. So, um, but like we care, right. And we want mm-hmm. to connect to be on the same page. So, um, yeah, I, and, and it's cool too, because we also have the medicine side and mm-hmm. again, collaboration there. We also have TMS. Um, I mean, it's really a robust, um, you know, experience that you mm-hmm. get. And so if you're going to invest your time, your money into this, I mean, why not really tackle it? Right. right. Um, and we don't, I think we're pretty good to it. Not just because we treat people from the holistic perspective. Right. So mm-hmm. we're pretty good at not just let's treat the symptom and then go. Cause you don't have that symptom. We do ta- try to tackle the root issue of like, mm-hmm. what's, what's actually causing this? How can we um, address the root issue so the symptoms go away? And then how can we send you out 
like ready to tackle future things, right? Like the ideal situation is you won't even have to return, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years from now. Right. So, so it's really kind of, um, trying to be that one-stop shop where we can tackle all the things and then send mm-hmm. you out with lots of skills, lots of resources. Sure. And so fun question. What yeah. is your, what is your favorite part about working indoor slash kind of working in Kendall County? Yes. Um, so I love what I love about working here and living here is I just love the people here. You know, so I actually, I grew up here. Um, I grew up in Bernie. Um, I was here back in the day when Bernie High, you know, there was only one high school, right? <laughs> and so th- this place will always have a special place in my heart. Um, but, you know, I think it's been awesome becoming reacquainted with Bernie area and Kendall County area in general. Um, just even as an adult, um, I see that there's a big drive in people, a drive mm-hmm. to make things better. Um, and honestly, they're just so sweet. I mean, like yeah. every one of the, the people I've come across, they're just, they're so sweet. Like it yeah. just like warms my heart. And so, um, and I'm not saying that people never have a bad day. They do, but like, right. I see them. Right. And I, yeah. I'm like, okay, I see you, I see what's going on, but, and they're so just yeah. genuinely nice. So that's yes. been my favorite part is the people for sure. Yeah. It's so funny because I'm pretty sure that's been everybody's answer is the people and everybody's so kind and things like that. So it's so funny to, to hear it. Um, It's basically from everybody. So, okay. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So for my listeners, we're doing things a little bit differently. Um, So this episode is coming out May 1st. May is mental health awareness month. And that is why I had the wonderful Cindy Todd come on. So now she's going to talk about some tips and tricks for coping ahead. So I'm going to, so tiny, you know, a little bit of a presentation here, um, but some great tools that we can use, because I'm sure I'm going to use them too. Um, some great tools for us to use to help our mental health in this wonderful mental health awareness month and beyond. So go ahead, Cindy. Okay. Awesome. Yes. And I will also say I, I use this stuff myself, right? So is this is stuff anyone can use. So a little teaching lesson I'll start with uh, here. So most mental health and wellness starts from what we learn in school is the stress vulnerability model, right? So this idea is you're genetically predispositioned to have certain, uh, that you could have certain disorders. You won't necessarily have them all, but you could, right? Um, but then as life, you know, continues on, if you face um, either traumatic experiences or super stressful experiences, that can trigger whatever that underlying disorder is, right? Um, and so in general, what we've started to f- like figure out is that the, the a quick way to manage your symptoms without like a, a medical or medicine intervention is truly managing your stress, right? So the lower your stress, the lower your symptoms, right? Or the, the lower, you know, you're going to face that, that struggle. So, you know, so then it becomes all about stress management, right? Like manage your stress. If you're feeling stressed, do X, Y, Z. Well, even better is also learning how do we cope ahead, meaning how do we manage our stress ahead of time, right? So the way this works is understanding, okay, if I'm coping ahead, that means I'm, I'm anticipating life is stressful, right? I just, it's a thing, right? Like it's not going to go away. 
once I'm done with one problem, the next problem's in the mail. So let me just go ahead and think ahead of, uh, of the game on this, right? So then you start asking, well, what's coming down the road for me? What's coming down next month, next few months, next week, right? Um, it, what stressful things am, am I probably about to face? Could be a work stuff, relationship stuff. Um, there's positive stress as well as, as negative. So like negative stress is like hard times. So financially, we're going to be in a tight month, right? Um, then positive stress might be, well, I'm about to get married, right? That's exciting. I'm very happy, but it's stressful, right? And so, um, so you want to remember it's both of those types. And then when you think about, okay, what stress is coming up? You plan now, what am I going to do about that, right? Like, how am I going to face that? Um, and what decisions can I make today that's going to help me tomorrow, right? So um, so it's a really, um, it's just kind of getting smart, right, with your coping. And not that you can never cope on the spot, right? Like, it's because things come up unexpectedly all the time. But this is even more like adding that layer of extra support as you face stress throughout life. Right. So uh, when you ask yourself, OK, what are some common coping skills I can use? Right. Um, you, you probably hear a lot of the common ones. Right. Breathing, mindfulness, journaling, whatnot. Um, I'll, I'll review those in a second. Let me first review, though, a few just kind of good go to ways of thinking that will help you to cope ahead. One of the first ones I would love to cover is boundaries, right? So a lot of times, let's say we're anticipating, um, you know, a holiday coming up and we're going to see uh, family members that we're not exactly thrilled to see and it's going to be stressful. We, we know that stress is coming. Well, we first have to ask ourselves, are there boundaries here that I need to exercise? And I say exercise, I call it like the no muscle, right? <laughs> no muscle, uh, right? And so, and these would be both, internal boundaries and external. So internal boundaries, meaning I'm not going to let myself do X, right? I'm when they make this comment, because I know that person and they're going to make that comment, I'm not going to let myself respond, right? So that's an internal no, I'm not going to do that, right? There's also external boundaries where you're literally telling another person no, um, and so it might say, be, hey, guys, we're going to do this big family um, outing. Y'all are, we're all going to be together for five hours doing this thing, right? And you might think, ooh, I can survive these people for maybe two hours max, right? Like once I hit hour three, I am not a happy camper, right? And I start being mean, right? And so you, then you have to think ahead of time and you say, you know what, guys? That sounds awesome. I think we'll be there the first two hours and then we got to duck out and do and go elsewhere. Right. But it's thinking ahead on like, what are the boundaries that we're going to be using? Right. The other one is this is the one we don't hear about often, but being active with your vulnerability. So a lot of this is coming to, hey, you have some things that you are struggling with or are going to struggle with. And it's tempting to ignore that because it certainly doesn't feel good to be vulnerable. But the important thing is, is you are vulnerable. And, and that's just like kind of a, a reality that is just there. And so if you ignore it, that doesn't tend to produce good stuff, right? Naming what's going on with you, leaning into it, 
Um, and you could do this alone, like through journaling, reflection. You could do this, I mean, even better it, with a trusted person. Hey, I'm about to face this. I'm really scared about this, right? So, but the, here's the thing. If you don't say anything, no one can support you and you certainly can't support yourself. So you have to be, that's why I say be active with your vulnerability, right? Choose to be vulnerable. Um, okay. And then the next one I would say is practicing the balance of accepting the bad without letting go of the good, right? So a lot of times we're facing this world with there's good, both good in this world and there's bad in this world. Um, and it's tempting to see things as all, all good or all, all bad. The truth of the matter is it's usually more gray than that, right? And so we have to find some maturity there, right? And like really practice both acknowledging that both exist at the same time. And then also learning how do I reach some place of acceptance that bad, the bad is there, um, without saying up oh, all things suck and therefore i'm hopeless and it's terrible right it's it's accept the bad but don't let good let let go of the good right um and so that i think is a huge thing so again let's say you're facing this family vacation there's going to be sore topics sore elements that are brought up reminders of things acknowledge that bad accept it will happen that's right but don't let, good of, let go of all the good that's going to happen too, right? All the, the memories you can make, the new experiences you could have together, right? So, and that's a practice, right? Like that's a skill you want to practice. It's not easy, but it, but if you practice it, you get better and better at it. Um, another one is owning your authority um, over your life. Right. So if I'm going into an occasion that's going to be stressful, it's going to be hard. I'm tempted to say, oh, that's just how it is. Like, uh, how dare they make this this hard? Right. I hate that the world has made this situation like this. And while that's maybe not wrong, it's not as helpful to think that way. Right. Because then that makes you vulnerable to feeling maybe a victim and your stress is like just a um, unavoidable outcome of this situation. Right. And so you have to kind of, you know, backtrack a little bit there and say, wait a second. Yes, this might be stressful, but I actually have a lot of authority here. I can choose to have boundaries. I can choose to be active with my vulnerability. I can choose to lean into my fears, practice facing my fears. Like I have actually a lot more say here, um, over how I'm going to approach this, right? And mm -hmm. certainly I understand if you feel, well, gosh, I've just never done that yet. Well, no, nothing's going to stop you from trying a new thing today, right? And so, and even in the face of fears, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of owning your own authority um, is a huge, huge one that I see helps a lot of people. So those are kind of some of the, like, you don't hear them as common coping skills, <laughs> huge right yeah. huge huge themes so some of the more common ones you might hear they're also still very very great so one huge one is mindfulness um mindfulness is that um ability to kind of notice a thought practice a non-judgmental stance towards it and then let it kind of go by like on a conveyor belt and gently bring your attention back to the present moment 
right? And so that whole thing is is an act of mindfulness, right? And so practicing that, learning, uh, building your kind of like ability to do that is a huge one. Um, and that helps people, gosh, in all sorts of situations. That helps if you have depression, anxiety, any kind of unwanted thoughts, even dark unwanted thoughts, right? Um, it's really, really helpful. Um, and it's helpful for ADHD too. So another big one, um, it, it won't surprise you is exercise, right? Mm -hmm. So exercise, it releases all these endorphins. It, it chemically changes the makeup of your body. Um, and it, for depression, for people with depression, it's almost as effective as taking a pill that day, right? So mm -hmm. it's, you know, if you want to think about, hey, you know, this is something I could do for free. Um, I can't tell you you're going to love it, but <laughs> And tell you that the after effect is that your mood mm -hmm. is going to probably be more stable than it would have been if you didn't exercise. So, um, so that's a big one. Getting good sleep again, no surprise there. Um, sleep is huge. I, I think a lot of people try to brush off if they have poor sleep. The mm -hmm. truth of the matter is if you have poor sleep, you're just not going to function at your optimal level, right? Everything starts with getting good sleep. Um, mental health starts with getting good sleep. I think this might be outdated, but I was once told that in a court of law, if you go three days without sleep, that you are legally insane. Is is the I heard in the really? and I, I heard this uh, you know probably ten years ago. So I don't know if it's like changed since then. Yeah. But to me, that was like the wake up call of like, oh yeah. my gosh, I need to get good sleep. Right. Like, I need to work on this. Right. Yeah. So it's a huge, huge one. Um, another big one is social connection. So, it, you know, again, being active with your vulnerability, bonding with people, connecting with people, um, whatever way that is, it's huge. And, you know, again, that's just, I know there's, can feel like there's a lot of barriers to that. Um, but I think if you get active and creative on finding that, um, that is a big one. Um, another one is breathing into your faith or spirituality, right? Um, because, and this is kind of gets a little existential, right? The idea mm -hmm. here is, and, and truly it is research-based, right? So, um, you know, if you just face life as a series of problems on, in, on this earth and in your lifetime, well, you're, you're really kind of missing the forest through the, you know, you're not seeing the forest through the trees, right? So like, you have to look at this big picture, like, what's the big picture? Why am I here? What am I, what are my beliefs? What's going on? How am I? leaning into my values in this moment, right? Um, and no matter what, what I am facing, right? And so I think breathing into your faith and spirituality is huge. Another one that is not going to shock anyone is eating healthy, right? Um, mm -hmm. What you eat uh, certainly plays a part in how you're going to face things, right? So I will tell you guys, like when I'm about to face a really stressful work week or just a busy life week, mm -hmm. I make it a bigger point to do probably three things. I make it a point to get enough sleep. I make it a point to exercise and I like prep some food that's just healthy snacks. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, and cause, just cause I know myself, I know I'm going to not reach for those healthy options. And I certainly don't go throughout my week, never allowing myself to have a dessert. It's not, it's not that extreme. It's just this idea of, I need to fuel my body to take care of all the things that come are coming ahead for me. Right. Um, and you'll notice this too. If you ever do like mindful eating, you do start to notice certain foods um, and it can vary per person 
just make you feel icky and mm-hmm. like sluggish and, and tired and kind of cranky. Like maybe at first you loved the food and you were really excited, but then later in your day, you just felt terrible. So um, I think just being mindful of that kind of helps. And then last but not least, the one you hear about a ton is breathing, right? Okay, I need to take a moment and let myself breathe, right? And and we talk about doing that deep breathing, right? Um, I always think of it as deep belly breaths, right? Meaning like, it's not my chest that really expands, although it might expand a little, it's more like my, my stomach is expanding, right? Um, and so that's how I know I've really filled up my lungs, even to the do- bottom part of my lungs that are more closer to my stomach area, right? So, so really doing that deep breathing. Um, and that's a quick one you, you can do uh, that no one will notice you're doing at any given point when you're facing stressful things. I'm sitting here practicing the breathing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I always do it with, with my patients. I'm like, let's do it together. Cause they're, they're like, I think I know what it means. And then we'll do it. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I noticed the difference. It's like immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. 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 I love that one too. A lot of people, it sounds just like, so like, of course I should breathe. Right. Like such a therapist thing to say, breathe. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, But the truth of it is it's very Mm research-based, again, very, very sciencey. You're actually, you are changing um, just physiologically stuff Mm. that's going on in your body, right? And so that, to me, that's awesome and crazy Mm -hmm. that like just me breathing deeply is now changing my internal like physiology that's helping me to Mm -hmm. cope better, right? So, I mean, if it works, then I would say do it, right? Um, so yeah, so that's a lot of kind of the coping ahead now I will, uh, is now maybe a good time, you know, I'd like to talk a little bit about mental health days and how, absolutely. So, absolutely. so here's the thing. So this is a tricky one when it comes to taking mental health days, different companies have different philosophies on whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. In general, I tend to favor the idea of having mental health days, right? Because have any of us faced that day where we woke up and we thought, oh no, I am like not going to be a service to others today, right? right? Like I'm not physically sick, um, but something is really wrong. And like, this would not be good to force myself to go to work. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and we live in this, you know, American U.S. society that's very success driven, um, right? And so it, it's a little countercultural for us to say, "Hey, that's okay. Like, take your time," um, because we think, "Gosh, we ha- we have deadlines. We have things we got to mm-hmm. do." Right? Um, and, and and so I think you do have to consider this. Now, certainly, one thing that can help this. If you get, if you start practicing self-care, start practicing knowing when you're doing well, when you're not, what things tend to stress you out or tend to not stress you out, you actually could schedule mental health days. They don't always have to shock you and come up unexpectedly. Um, And so if you can get to a level where you're like, gosh, like, I know that's going to be a really hard week. Um, Maybe I should just like think ahead and planned for a day where I can, I take it off, right. Or an afternoon, right. Where I take it off and I just breathe. Right. Um, or do, do whatever I need to do for self-care. Um, that's ideal. Right. And of course you you always want to shoot for that. Oftentimes 
you will though still run into sometimes where it happens like the day of, right? The morning mm -hmm. of. And here's some questions I would recommend you ask yourself that morning. So the first question is, am I going to be a benefit or a detriment to my company today? Right? So which is it? Am I going to help or am I going to be a detriment? Mm -hmm. The second question I would ask yourself right after is, is there anything I can do right now that will help me show up and honor my commitment to, to show up right to work? So you do need to ask yourself, is there anything I can do right now that's going to make this possible? The next thing I ask is, is there anything I need to take responsibility for as far as getting myself to this point, right? Ah, I should have been able to see this ahead of time, right? I know myself. I know that stress me out, stresses me out. I need it. I sh and, and now I can remember for the future to think ahead on this, right? Quickly after that question, though, I would then say, how can I have grace mm -hmm. on myself, right? We're not here to beat ourselves up. We're not here to, um, to just be angry at ourselves. We want to, you know, acknowledge the discomfort, accept mm -hmm accept that discomfort, accept the bad, right? So part of acceptance mm -hmm. of the bad is accepting the bad in ourselves, right? But then help me use my values to help guide me to taking the next right step, mm -hmm. right? So what do I value and what's the next right move right now, right? And that move might be to take a mental health day today or not, and it may be to set aside some scheduled time that you need to engage in self-care, right? And so those are kind of my go-to questions when it comes to, ooh, ooh like I've, I woke up and now I'm feeling something, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm very worried about my day. Um, and so that's kind of my recommendation to, to everyone. I don't know, um, Aubrey, like what your experiences are with that, um, or, or what, cause I've certainly faced this myself, right. And, For sure. And yes, yeah. We can face burnout. Yes. Yeah, so, um, and, and I, I, and I like how you were kind of talking about how society is very, I guess, I think you, what you, would you say success driven? Is that what you, yeah. yeah. So, and I think what I always tell people, and this is professional and personal, I always say, be mindful of who you work for because sometimes uh, some some places that you might be working for, some companies, you might say, I need a mental health day. And it's kind of like, mm, really? Mm -hmm. And I, I think we are changing a little bit in society, but it's just understanding, you know, who you work for. But other organizations, and I'm so grateful, uh, my organization, I can say, I need a mental health day. I, you know, so understand what you say is very important too, because mm -hmm. you don't, and I don't want to say that companies necessarily target you or anything like that, um, but there is still some st stigma around mental health and mental health days. But, you know, long-term stress can cause physical ailments, you know, so having a mental health day to de-stress, to have self-care or whatever it is, whatever it is, however you're going to handle, you know, yourself with a mental health day is necessary. Mm -hmm. um, 
and and so I I know somebody who their company is not too keen on mental health days so they'll have to call in and say you know I've been throwing up and you know and kind of and it's kind of a white lie but at the same time it's you know are you kind of uh let me look back at the questions that you were um because I was sitting here thinking about it um uh what is it am I going to benefit it'd be a benefit or detriment to my company today and you know this person's like I can't like I need a day and so being mindful understanding who you work for is is very important um because you don't want to come back to work feeling better and then all of a sudden you know like oh you know I don't know I don't know that anybody would make fun of a person for taking a mental health day but you know if that's if that's a concern that you might have you want to be careful with the words that you choose Absolutely. I agree with that, Aubrey. I think you do need to know the context of Mm -hmm. the environment you're working in. Mm -hmm. um, And that will probably change your language of Mm -hmm. like how you broach the subject for sure. For sure. And uh, I was going to, I was going to share one, one thing. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not using any names for kind of like you were saying, I don't know if they're okay with me saying, but I I will share a situation. I have a friend who, um, we were talking and April's just kind of a hard month for this person. And they were like, they, they were like, you know, I'm just taking mental health days, you know, just constant mental health days through this month of April. And they're like, I just, April's just one of those months that I just have to get through. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if that's, if that's your goal, awesome. Mm -hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. And, and so they're constantly doing self-care and going on walks and, and just looking forward to the future, kind of making plans in May. How, I'm, how am I going to do better, get back to a better, you know, sh- they're really showing themselves some grace and yeah. understanding that this is it, year after year. April is just a hard mm-hmm. month for them mm-hmm. because of whatever reasons. I, I'm not 100% sure. Right. But it's and how, how great is that, that they're coping ahead, mm-hmm. right? They, they can anticipate April's mm-hmm. going to be a hard month. Mm-hmm. And so now they can ask themselves those questions that I've talked about earlier is like, what boundaries do I have mm-hmm. to put on myself internally and externally, yeah. right? Maybe I need to put boundaries on my job, right? right. Um, how can I be active with my vulnerability? How can I take yes. ownership, authority over my life, right? And how this is going to look. Yeah, that's excellent. Absolutely. So um, is there anything that we missed and do we have any upcoming events that we would like to discuss? Um, yeah, let's see. I don't think there's anything we've missed. Um, I will say, so for now, um, as far as I know, there's no upcoming events currently, but I do want to share about this really fun event. We just got to sponsor. Um, so Genesis recently sponsored this immense uh, event with Bernie moms. Um, we, uh, it was the company that put it on was, it's called Babes Support Babes. And they're just an awesome group. I fully encourage y'all to check them out. Um, but we, so Genesis really, we see this concern with people feeling isolated. Right. And, and part of our our hearts is, um, we really just like want to help. Right. So, (laughs) so we were like, Hey, let's sponsor this event. Um, get the word out, get these moms together. Cause moms were literally on Facebook saying, Hey, I don't have a friend, right? Like yes. 
super willing to meet for coffee and 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 then got like a hundred responses right so like huge huge desire and amazing vulnerability shown right there yes. and so we thought okay let's show up for our people so we sponsored this event. It was held at this really lovely place in Bernie. Um, beautiful, like setup, beautiful food, like, you know, pick place to take pictures. Mo lots of moms showed up, some with friends, some, I, you know, solo. And we, um, they put them together. They did this fun activity of, well, they let them kind of mingle, right? Get to know mm -hmm. each other from the screen. Um, and then they did a fun activity of like, kind of like speed dating, but for friendships. I love it. And, so cute oh my gosh was so, I like I got to attend so I got to do yeah. it too it was so fun um because then they like gave us prompting questions like mm -hmm. okay you know moms are at this table what are like your um favorite things to do right so one mom's like I'm a pool girl right another mom's like oh I'm a hiking person I love to run marathons and another mom says really I run marathons let's start running together right so like it just, it just kind of got them to talk and exchange numbers and start like getting to know each other. Um, mm -hmm. And so I thought that was just so sweet. And the seeing the connections made mm -hmm. at that event was so lovely. Um, so I do know that we hope to do more events like that. I don't, there's, I, I think they're probably in the works of creating right. some kind of summer event, but, and we'll get the news out when that comes out. But again, just the, that's where our heart is, right? So even mm -hmm. in that stuff, like we don't care about getting, patience like we're not even yeah. caring about like get, gathering people from that right. event we want our community to yeah. connect right and so yeah. um so it's really awesome and I, I we will be posting if if and when we do our next event yeah that's awesome that's so much but it's like speed dating but for moms <laughs> it was cute that's awesome <laughs> Yeah. okay so lastly how can someone that is listening to the podcast connect with you yeah. So you can find me uh, basically on Instagram. Um, I honestly would go straight to Genesis Instagram. It's at Genesis Behavioral Health um, or our Facebook page. Um, I'm often doing like videos and things mm -hmm. just like educational stuff for that for those accounts. Um, any um, like secure messages or DMs uh, sent to those accounts will reach me. Um, and so you can also call our office. Um, our office number is 210-404-9696. Um, and that's a great way to, it, to reach me as well. Um, also my email, um, and, and again, I just give it out freely because I just want to help, right? So just <laughs> yeah, reach out. If, you need, if you need something, I'm here to help. Um, my email is ctodd, C-T-O-D-D. At gbh.health. So that's for Genesis Behavioral Health. So, so yeah, that's how you reach me. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on today with us, Cindy. Um, you are a wealth of knowledge, and I look forward to uh, working with you more in the future. Thank you so much, Aubrey. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to this month's episode of Kendall County Connections podcast. If you are interested in joining the coalition or being on an episode of the podcast, you can call 210-225-4741. That's 210-225-4741. Or email coalition at cicada.org. That's C-O-A-L-I-T-I-O-N at S-A-C-A-D-A dot O-R-G. Or check us out on Facebook, search for Kendall County Community Coalition, or Facebook.com slash 
Kendall County Community Coalition. Thank you. We'll see you next time and stay safe.